Hello and welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cooper, and today we're joined by the three Talking Walls regulars. We'll start with the main man himself, Dave as a party. Dave, are you keeping, mate? You recovered from the weekend yet? Just about, mate. Yeah, yeah. Struggled to get out of bed this morning, back to some sort of normality. It's weird when you only miss two days of work. Just throws, uh, throws you out of schedule, but yeah. Um, yeah, all good, thank you, mate. All good. Good. George, are you keeping, son? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm losing my voice a bit, so apologies for start to sound a little bit like Sean Dyche towards the end of the podcast. Um, but I'll, I'll try and keep it together. But all is well, mate. All is well. Finn, back on the pod. Couldn't be asked last time, could you? How are you? Can you hear me this time? Honestly, if I'd have been on last time, it'd have been four-minute delay to answering questions. Bruno would have still been in the job, I think, if you're answering, <laughs> asking me now. Uh, but no, yeah, all good. Gutted I couldn't come to, to Belgium this weekend. But yeah, listening to UT best sound a bit rough. So maybe it's the right decision. I don't know. Yeah, I, I always get a little bit ill after uh, coming on a holiday. I think it's the aircon on the plane. I always, I, yeah, that's I always it. Feel, yeah, the aircon on the plane. Always feel a bit <laughs> right. Um, if anyone wants recommendations for Brussels, I think the biggest recommendation Dave can give you, Dave and I can give you, is don't. Um, Not to Brussels anyway. Yeah. No, go Absolutely. to Bruges. Don't go to yeah. Brussels. It's it's not great. Um, is it not? No, it, it was a dump. Oh. Never mind. Fear for our lives at a couple of points. Um, yeah. I was, I, I, uh, there was a crackhead who offered to race me for money. Um, <laughs> and we all, basically hired those scooter things you can hire. And um, yeah. my, I, I just couldn't ride one. I paid, couldn't ride one. I kept falling oh, I've never seen a bloke. I said, right, you, I said, Matt, you and Joe ride the scooter to the hotel. I'll just jog behind you. Because it wasn't that, it wasn't that far. I said, I'll just jog. I ain't bothered. Obviously, I had a few to drink as well. And then some bloke talked to me in French. So my English, he goes, "Me, you speed for the money." And I was like, so first I, d- I didn't know there were Russians here, uh, and secondly, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, like, Dave, just, just get on the back of my scooter, Dave. Dave, just get on the back of my scooter. Mate, he would he would have he'd have done some bad things to you. He would have. <laughs> there was there was about eight of them, and we just come out of the train station in the middle of nowhere. Um, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't looking good, breath. But Dave managed to jump on the back of my scooter. Um, and held on to me. It was like the Titanic. But I said to him, <laughs> I was like, mate, just keep still. Just keep still. And he kept looking behind. Obviously, he's he holding on to me like that. And to look behind, he was going like that. <laughs> like, I was all over the place. But I, I've never seen a bloke struggle so much with one of those voice scooters in my life than Dave. I can't ride a bike because of, I just never learned. My balance is dreadful. And yeah, I said, a scooter? I paid for it as well. And I thought, I don't think I'm going to be able to ride this. So, <laughs> and the scooter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got loads. We've got loads to talk about. Um, it feels like ages since we've done the last podcast. <laughs> it's already gone gone straight into the gutter. Um, but a lot, a lot has changed, and I, and I think we're all in agreement, lads, um, that it's for the best. We'll be looking at the West Ham game, uh, that two 0 defeat at the London Stadium at the weekend. We'll be previewing Chelsea versus Wolves, where it'll be all change, um, and our big discussion and talking point. This week is the sacking of Bruno Large, and who do we want to be? And who do we think we're going to be? Is the next manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club? They will start with a game uh, against West Ham. We were fortunate enough not to be there, um, and we discussed before the game that uh, you know we, we were talking about you know do you think he'll go if we lose? But we were both in agreement that if he makes desperate decisions like playing Neves at centre half, then if he loses the game, then he deserves to go. Yeah, that was a, an absolutely monumental risk. And, you know, it, his press conference 
you know, got people talking straight away because, you know, I think the obvious the obvious thing that everyone was expecting was Mascara or Totti just to just slide straight into the, the back four. Um, obviously, we experienced Nevers at Man City, and I don't think he was particularly too bad, but, you know, you're almost holding back one of your best your best players then. Um, then he mentioned Johnny in the press conference, and everyone's like, well, surely we're not going to play Johnny in a back four. Um, and he, 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 you know, he did even better than that. He, he used Johnny and Nevers in almost like a, a back three. I genuinely, for most of that game, don't know where most players were playing. It was a really, really strange setup, really strange system. Once again, I think until Diego Costa came on, we really struggled to to create and make things happen. Um, but it was a huge risk that just did not work and completely backfired on Bruno Lars. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't great, was it? But it, you, you say that about not knowing what we were doing. And and at this point, Dave, you were sober as well. Like, and I thought I think most of us were. No, but <laughs> I still, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get what, like, what, what, what was he trying to do? Like, you say you want to try and control the game more. Um, and, and if you drop Neves further deeper, then that's how you control the game. But, Surely that's that's absolute nonsense. But do you know what, Finn? I, I didn't think we started too bad. I thought the first 10 minutes we looked okay, but we soon fell off, didn't we? Yeah, I remember about 15 minutes in turning to a mate that I'd gone with and just we sort of just gave that look of, you know what, like we're doing all right here. I, again, I agree with the, the controlling with a team like West Ham who are, are going to sit back. You don't really want to control it with your furthest player back. I, I, I didn't no. see how that was going to work. But yeah, first 15 minutes, I, I stood corrected for a, sh- a short while. Um, and we looked pretty good, creating a few chances. Um, I'd say, yeah, first 15, last 15 were the only real times that, that we ever even <sighs> looked like scoring generous, to be honest, because we never really do, but looked like a, an actual football team. Um, and then once you go 1-0 down to West Ham, as I said, a team that's going to sit back, it was then a dream for them. We felt played right into their hands. doesn't help when you've, you've got no real identity or idea. It looked like the players had no idea. Um, what they were trying to do. So it felt perfectly for them. Great confidence booster. There's a lot of games this weekend that felt like one of the managers is going to go either way here in a lot of the games. And and we were one of those who really helped West Ham out, really. Yeah, it's Finn's right there, Dave, isn't he? You know, and, and I think most teams know in the division that if you if you go one up one nil up against Wolves, then you can quite easily manage the game out. We spoke there about Neves being played as uh, as an auxiliary centre half in the middle of a back five slash four slash three, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> I still don't know to this yeah. day. But <laughs> Dave, what what if you're Toti Gomez and Jerson Mosquera, what what are you thinking here? Like it, it's pretty much a custard pie, isn't it? I don't know if he said something behind the scenes or they're genuinely that bad in training because I think that is an element us yeah. as fans sometimes do forget. You know, we see these lads for ninety around ninety minutes a week, whereas Bruno Large, the coaching staff, are watching them every day of the week for a number of hours. So you know, it's, unless something is drastically going wrong behind the scenes, it is just it is a real shock that they're not starting. I think those two will be almost rubbing their hands together that there's going to be a new regime in place because it's like, well, there's a lot of players, I think, you know, we'll talk Mm. about it a little bit more, but, you know, other players are going to think, right, now I've got a chance, so I'm going to start again because every manager will have their favourites. Nuno had his favourites, you could argue Bruno has, but that that decision there was very, very strange to not start an actual uh, natural centre, central defender on Saturday when you're playing the back three and two of the back three aren't actually centre halves. It it's really, really strange. These are the like like we said, these are the kind of decisions that you you can almost 
identified that it's coming towards the end. It's like like desperate measures, isn't it? Um, but um, we started like we started okay. But Finn, the only real chances that we created, apart from the the Costa header in the, in the second half, were were half chances that were down to individual moments of brilliance from 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 Pedence, who took the ball on the half turn and shot from distance. But apart from that, mate, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, I heard something today um, following the sacking, obviously, that Wolves had... I mean, all the stats were never in Bruno's favour, but there was one today um, that we have the furthest average shot distance. It was over 18 yards, our average shot. So that's... I mean, you've got to be taking shots from a lot further out to average 18. Mm. But I felt like a lot of the shots, bar that Costa header, as you said, were outside the box. And you say they're low XG or stuff like that. But even with with your eyes, you can see none of these have ever really got a chance of going in. Obviously, the first goal we conceded was pretty decent from from that sort of range. But that combination of, of basically pot shots with players that aren't natural, goal scorers, finishers, it, it, yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster. Let's talk about that first goal, as Finn's just mentioned there, George. Mm. Um, who's who's at fault there? When, when Dave and I were watching it initially, I thought Kilman didn't do anywhere near enough. Um, with, with Bowen into the box, I felt he cut inside way too easily. But then... Um, was it Neves who gave the ball away in the middle of the park, or, or I can't I can't remember now. But it was a comedy of errors, really. Um, and I know it was unlucky with it with the shot being deflected. But what's your view on that first goal? Sloppy, <clears throat> avoidable. Um, I think you got you can't really take away from Samaka. I thought he took it really really well. And when you know when you see the goal from behind, the angle behind Samaka where he's hit it. It's curling away from Sar all all the time as well, and I thought actually we were on top in the well say on top. I thought we were well in the game at that point, and quite unfortunate how it came about. Yeah, very sloppy, but I did think he took it well. You know, took his goal extremely well, and yeah, it's one of those things really. When when you look out and, and when you're down there, I know it's a bit of a cliche thing to say things don't go your way. It's one of those things that just didn't go our way. Like ball sat up lovely for him, and he's took it really well. So, yeah, I think there's a few a few mini mistakes that all lead to it, it breaking smack. But he's took the ball, he's took the goal extremely well. So, mm. yeah, I can't really take it away from him. I mean, it hurt even more that for about thirty minutes, me and Dave were saying he's shitty, he's awful, he's absolutely <laughs> awful. And then, like, it ball, yeah. ball comes from the edge of the area for like twenty yards, he's like volleyed it in, and we just looked at each other and just went, oh. But we both looked at each other and both both know that that was at them. That was the game done. It didn't didn't matter what was happening next. There was absolutely no way we, we, we were coming back from it. Um, Dave, let's talk about the second goal uh, before we we talk about the positives. If if there are well, if there are any, um, <laughs> I thought that Saar was very very poor on that, and I think he's been poor for most of the season. Um, but he's got to be doing better there. I don't know what you think about it, mate. I know I'm the resident goalkeeping expert, as you like to remind me. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Saar could do a little bit better. I think Bowen's done quite well because, you know, the shot has hit with some serious power and almost I think the defender would be sort of blocking Saar's view very, very slightly. So I think he'll see it quite late, uh, but he didn't get anywhere near it, to be fair. You would expect him to, to get a little bit closer to it, but we should have probably cleared our lines a lot earlier anyway, same as the first goal, uh, to, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we knew it one nil down, the game kept going on longer and longer. Um, and I was just almost trying to convince myself, I think it might have been the beer talking, I think 15 minutes ago, I thought, if we get a goal here, we'll have a go. And for the last 15 minutes, 
10 minutes to go. Get a goal here, you know, we've got 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, obviously just we ran out of time in the end. But yeah, I, I think, you know, my head had gone at that point, to be honest, Matt. So if you ask me to recall the exact, exactly how that goal went, <laughs> and I'll, I'll probably show you a completely different to what actually happened. There was a um, the, one of the barman who kept serving us um, was a, a Stabuka restaurant from Romania. And he kept coming over and looking at the telly and just going, oh, not very good, are you? Oh, um, he, also, he also lived in rugby, Warwickshire, for a short while. He did, yeah. Very, and he very also, small world. He also brought some stickers down from upstairs, some Stab Bucharest stickers, um, one of which he uh, said, this is very right wing. I was like, oh, no, thanks, mate. Like, we, uh, if we showed it on the screen, our YouTube channel would probably get taken down. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm not quite sure why you're giving me that. Um, <laughs> um, and then he also exposed himself in front of us he pulled his trousers up <coughs> to show us um his massive like stay bucharest tattoo i was like mike just have the bill please it was quite, it was quite strange wasn't it? <laughs> but it's quite the ordeal <laughs> um, but even he was saying like you don't look very good i was like thanks mate we have to watch this you don't have to um carrying on with the negatives thing um at the end <laughs> of the game I think a couple of players and you were there you probably know better but two or three players came over predominantly most of the squad and all the, the the staff went straight down a tunnel. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, it's a it, it's a bit of a blur. I remember Neves came over by himself after the first few, and the only one I remember out of that first few was Pedence. There was a few more, but obviously Pedence sticks out, doesn't he? I remember seeing the little guy clapping. So I remember, yeah, Pedence and Neves definitely, but there were a few others. But yeah, uh, all staff and the majority straight down the tunnel. It was a it was a strange mix of booing, but then clapping the few players that came over. It it wasn't like oh my god this is ridiculously toxic like there was still support there and i think there was that mutual understanding of right you're just as unhappy as we are with this and obviously what's happened has happened since um so it wasn't as like ridiculously toxic it wasn't like stuff being you know what i mean like it's been portrayed <laughs> as like throwing stuff and whatever but it was yeah you, they, they made their point clear with the you don't know what you're doing with the, the last few subs and the, all the anger was being pointed towards the bench really so yeah a few players got the appreciation and it was a long journey <laughs> it's a long journey down there's a lot of crashes. Yeah, London people just don't know how to drive. They just, like there's crashes all over the place. Like five hours to get down there. So really? yeah, it was a long one and a few. Sh- yeah, stupid. One in a car set on fire. I was like, Jesus, what's your look? Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't yeah. us, thankfully. But... Yeah, thankfully, yeah. Um... I mean, after the game, it could have been. I think. Yeah. Take me. <laughs> Things like that. But um, I was, was going to ask you about that thing. What was the what was the, the kind of the, the the atmosphere during the second half? Was it was it was Bruno getting a lot of pelters? You could. Faintly here, they were singing, you don't know what, what you're doing after substitutes, but usually you you read it from the odd shout that goes up, don't you? Like one bloke will shout like, hello, Bruno, do something different. Was it mm. was the whole away in like that? Yeah, second half, it was because West Ham don't really generate anything themselves. It was, I know when people go, well, football in a library, but it was legit a library because we'd given up all hope. When you think when it's gone 2-0, you've got to double your season goal tally to win the game. Like all hope had gone, so uh, it was very, very quiet. There's the odd, like, bald bloke in the West Ham end just giving it something, and then it was pretty much just tit for tat. There wasn't really much at Bruno until that Nunes sub, but I think it was an injury, wasn't it? Which people didn't realize at the time, yeah. Um, people there was a lot of like, is Matinho invincible or whatever? A few of those that Nunes shouldn't have gone off, and he didn't have a great game to be fair, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too much either way. It was just really, really dead. People had just given up, yeah. I think that's been, um. That's how that's how I felt probably the last three or four months. It's just like mm, we've lost the game. Yeah. Who's asked? Like I don't know if you, I don't know, George. You might have to like comment on this as well. But 
don't know if it's part of just growing up where you don't let it affect the rest of your weekend or when it's just that bad, you just don't care. Hmm. Oh, no, it affects your weekend still. It, <laughs> it, you just, I got to that point of just, yeah, I was just so bored of watching Wolves. Like, mm. uh, like it's bad to say I felt a bit like uh, if we won or a lot. I just wasn't that, I'm in that arse for a bit. Because um, the football's just been diabolical to watch. You can't get behind it. Even going to you know, going to Molyneux in, in like we said before, the atmosphere hasn't been great. There's a lot of mitigating factors for that. And um yeah, it doesn't make the the weekends go any easier. And um hmm. yeah, I was actually in West London on Saturday night watching it in a pub because I was down there for the NFL and you know yeah. Couldn't even be asked with a trek over to East London to go and get the ticket to go and get a ticket, watch the game, and come back and watch it in the pub, and uh, didn't really let it affect my weekend um, too much. But um, like I say, I was quite happy with what was coming out after the game. Sort of, you almost knew by probably about ten pm on on Saturday night that he was in trouble. I think I think that the rumours had already started that he was out the door or potentially going, and I was just praying that we got the uh, the corner flag tweet on Sunday. <laughs> there was no corner flag to it was a picture of his mush um, <laughs> George what were, you, what were your thoughts on his comments after the game about him saying we've never lost a game with a striker on the pitch I just uh, he just talks in absolute riddles the bloke I, I think he tries to convince he's, go, he's up on one he's going <laughs> no, no he, he just he just speaks bollocks doesn't he and like I feel like <laughs> he's, he's, again he's trying to convince himself the fans the team like he knows best and this is how you should feel and look how good we are with a striker. And I'll give it to him. When he put Diego Costa on the pitch, a half fit Diego Costa and kicked the ball in nine months, we did look like a better team. But then why don't we just start the bloke? I, I'll just, yeah. I'm so like, literally, I don't want to hear about Bruno Large ever again. I'm glad he's gone. He's been fuck off and rock. Wherever. I'm so glad he's gone. I, I'll stuck up for him. I don't necessarily dislike him, but I don't want to hear about him ever again. Uh, fair enough, bloody hell! I don't. I like to hear what you say about people that you've got a genuine dislike for. Jesus, <laughs> I think that's a one for another podcast. You might have to start your own, mate, because we're not being dragged down with you. <laughs> Let's talk about the positives, though, chaps, because there, there was one positive from the game I thought in Diego Costa. Dave, he came on, and we were both like, "He ain't lost you, does he? He ain't lost you." Diego Costa, somebody <laughs> He was good, man. He was good. Yeah, he was. He was like, before. Oh, here we go. He's coming on now. And hey, how how good is it to actually see a proper striker on the pitch? You could tell lost that little bit of physicality, but he was in the right place at the right time. I think it was that the key moment was that header. I think I would have put my house on him to just to put that in the back of the net. And I couldn't believe when it had gone wide. But he just looked making positive runs, making positive moves, asking for the ball, running onto the ball, knowing where to be at what moment. Uh, you know, even if he was starting the move or, or he's on the left-hand side with the ball, by the end of the move, he was in the middle of the box ready to to try and put it in the back of the net. So, you know, <laughs> early signs are that it's really, really positive. And if we can get him up to scratch and, and fit, I think he's going to be an asset to whichever coach comes in next to manage walls. Yeah. Finn, what did you think? What was the reception from the away end when he came on? Yeah, that was the only noise in the second half, actually. It was really loud um, for those 10 seconds. But yeah, I don't, from what I can remember, it's one of those again where I haven't watched Match of the Day or watched anything back, but can't remember him ever really giving the ball. I mean, he didn't really give the ball away and all this I'm, that I'm going to say, but we are feeding on scraps, aren't we, that we're saying great performance because he didn't lose the ball and missed a header that you would arguably say he should score. But it was just nice to see 
a focal point. Um, but yeah, quite impressed. He he didn't look. I just didn't get that feeling of oh my god, he's lost it. Like you two must have had in the pub. Like he, he looked, it looked promising. I'm encouraged by that performance. I thought the signing would be one of those where we get all hyped up and then within half an hour of his debut, you're crashing back down. Oh my god, we've signed a 34 year old bloke. He's completely lost it. And I haven't had that feeling whatsoever. Um, and to see a sort of old school Adama on the right wing cross in for a, a, a bullet header, it's nice to see. And hopefully we can um, we can get that going a bit more now. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the quotes from Kalidasic this week pretty much suggest that he's, he's not going to play the rest of the season. Looks mm-hmm. like Raul rumoured to be out until after the World Cup. So, Costa's going to get some game time. Hopefully, he can score a few goals. But before we finally conclude on the West Ham versus Wolves madness, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about the bet, mate. Now, I stupidly forgot to enter. Well, I didn't forget to enter. I was going to enter on the Friday, but I forgot that you can't access it in, in, a, in foreign land. <laughs> and Finn just don't know what happened with Finn. Um, but Dave and George were, were quite a way off the top six for this one. I mean, at least they entered, so they got further than me. Um, uh, but it's been a while since we finished fairly high, isn't it? In our own pots, I'm hoping for a bit, bit better look this week. George normally does okay, don't you? But yeah, well, we're definitely picking Chelsea players this week rather than Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially with the, the amount, the amount of injuries we've got. Um, yeah. let's move on to that Chelsea game though, Saturday at the three o'clock. It looks like Steve Davies and James Collins are going to take charge with, with Tony Roberts still help prepare the team. Dave, do you not think that's a bit weird? Yes and no. Um, I, I said to you a couple of times, they didn't actually make clear that Bruno Lodge's staff had all gone. Uh, the only comment about it was when Jeff Sheard sort of mentioned, I wish him and his staff all the best, but they didn't clearly say <clears throat> that they'd been sacked. So, we get it from one point of view. I think he, he, he's somebody that could probably, you know, short term still help the goalkeepers, uh, but also, um, you know, as, as weird as it sounds, sort of British to actually help and tr- communicate with James Collins and, and and Steve Davis a little bit better and easier. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how they get on. You know, I'm not expecting to beat Chelsea and then you know somehow wangle the job. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, I am intrigued because. You know, under, was it under Tony Roberts last year when we got the draw against Chelsea uh, away as well. Um, so, you know, a positive result is doable. And it's two blokes that have been sort of, that are, I'm not going to say good managers, but very good coaches. Mm-hmm. So I'll be intrigued to see how, how they prepare the team and what changes, if, if anything. Dave, just for those who aren't aware of, or may not be aware of what Steve Davis and James Collins currently do at Wolves, will be able to shed some light on what their roles are currently. <laughs> Yeah, so Steve Davis is currently the under-18s manager and James Collins is the uh, under-21s. Well, it used to be obviously 23s, under-21s managers. So they both worked together for a long time, especially at Crew Alexandra uh, back in the day. Um, Steve Davis was crew manager when Wolves were in League One. Um, James Collins was his assistant. Obviously, they sort of switched roles slightly now. Um, Steve Davis is actually a Wolves fan, though. He grew up as a Wolves fan. So obviously, he's got that sort of connection there and he was actually linked with the job uh, just before Kenny Jacket took it as well, um, so things have things have changed considerably. I think play, you know people like Sean O'Driscoll was linked, was linked with a job uh, back then. He was he, he had been a coach at Wolves, but they're two people that have been around in and around the club for a number of years now. So um, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how, how they get on. Who do you think is going to be the almost the face of it? Do you think it will be Steve Davis? Because I'm, I'm not sure it'd be Tony Roberts. I don't think the club would want that. In terms of interviews and stuff, I would probably say Davis because he's got a little bit more experience first like you know in front yeah. of you know the press and so on 
I think they're both they can both talk the talk, to be fair. Collins is I wasn't a big fan of him when he first took over at the 21s, but he has done, considering the squad that he's had over the last few years, I think he's done extremely well. Um, it's always hard as a 21s manager because as soon as you start to get the best out of a player, he's very quickly pushed up into the first team. Um, so, and I think he would have had some exposure to the first team training anyway, James Collins, because you have a lot of 21s still train with the first team. Uh, so I think he would have been involved in that in some capacity as well. Well, I don't know. I'd assume sort of press conferences and stuff, it'll be Steve Davis. Tony Roberts came off Twitter recently, didn't he? I, I saw someone tweeting the other day. I don't know if he's still... He's not tweeted in a long time, so I'm not sure. I saw someone say he, he, he had come off Twitter. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think he's I don't think he's on there anymore, probably for the best, to be honest. Um, but Finn, coming into this game, is it is it a free hit? No Neves, no Collins, no Neto, no Jimenez, maybe no Nunes. It's not sounding great, is it? No, yeah. When you put it like that, probably. Um, even with those players, I forgot about No Neves as well. Even though I remember saying that in yeah, yeah. suspended oh, five yellow yeah. cards already. Shock. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a free hit. Um, yeah, as I say, even with those players, it'd probably been looking like that in this sort of transition time. But then looking at, I'd like I saw a few Chelsea fans tweeting today that they're seeing every sign of a jinx, like. Um, no manager, Costa coming back, um, no winning, whatever. And they're fearing it on, on the other <laughs> side, as you always do, whichever side you're on, you're going to be looking at the negatives. But no, I think we're, I think I'd probably rather be in Chelsea's position saying that. Uh, I'd much mm. rather be. Um, so, if, yeah, in short answer, free hit, but it's going to be an enjoyable one. I think it'd be weird to see um, what changes and what maybe the players think they should have been doing and disagreeing with Bruno. Maybe they'll get more of a say for this game. So, enjoyable, kind of. Yeah, George, how do you think the players are going to perform on Saturday? Do you think they're going to have almost a bit of a bounce in the step? Or do you think it's Probably. going to be more of the same? <clears throat> Probably. If you um, read into a little bit about what's been going on behind the scenes, um, people saying, you know, no, no single Wolves players come out and, you know, said thank you to to Bruno and his staff, Haldeman Lot, they did with Nuno and the training pictures got released earlier on today and everyone's got a smile on the face and looked quite happy and I know you can, you know, picture the painter face and words, but I think, you know, there'll be no pressure on the team. Play ultimately Wolves fan, you know, we are going down there expecting nothing. Let's just go and play with the shackles off. You know, let's go and play with the shackles off. Let's see what we've got. Chelsea aren't in the greatest bit of form themselves at the moment. I think they're gettable. I think they're beatable if we had our full strength team, but make them feel edgy, make them feel nervous. Just play on the front foot and see what happens. Uh yeah. Yeah, that, and that, that's the only way to approach this game for me. Stick costs up front, play play genuine wingers and just, yeah, just put balls in the box. Yeah, just go for them. George, theoretically, and think think about this, say if Wolves went to Chelsea and turned them over 3-0. Yeah, here we go. And then they still haven't found a manager and they beat Forrest 4-0. Just Steve Davis get the job. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you know, you just want me to do like a Ferdinand on BT Sport with Ollie. Going, <laughs> get, give him the yeah, contract. Give him the contract now. Batman, you know, Lifetime. Davies yeah. at the wheel. You know, <laughs> what was a back baby? <laughs> I, I hope don't, well, I'm, I'm sure we won't be doing that. But yeah, you see what happens with these sort of things. It's almost like that's why Bournemouth aren't still a manager because they're sort of actually considering giving Gary O'Neill the job, which is just like it's bonkers. Like these things don't work. I think. You got rid of large. 
go and you know if your man's out there who you want to go and get go and get him it's as simple as that for me you know even if we won two three four on the spin this isn't uh you're planning long term you can't think very short term with this so yeah no matter how well they do yeah they're gonna go and get the man still Dave, do you echo those thoughts? Do you think Steve Davis could be worth a chance if his two games of unreal, free-flowing, liquid football, golfs galore, everything we've ever wanted? I don't, to be honest, I don't think he'll get the chance to manage two games. Um, no. I think it wouldn't surprise me if... I think there'd be an announcement by Friday if we're going to do it this side of the week and get the manager almost sort of at Stanford Bridge watching the game. But if not, I think it'll be very, very early next week. Um, so in a sort of alternate universe that may well happen it'd be interesting to see what would happen if Steve Davis made us out to be prime Brazil but um, I, I think it's very unlikely no. what scoreline would you consider it Dave like 7-0 would you well, be like yeah, yeah, I mean maybe. you've got to consider it yeah like yeah. It starts, you know everyone what's starts our, what's our peak yeah. five, what's, five if, for me Chelsea I, feel, I think three or two. more three yeah. or more I'm thinking <laughs> hold on a sec how about if Lopetegui's contract gets, I don't know, fax machines breaks and they can't get a replacement out until next Friday? And he's like, Steve, you've got the Forest job as well, mate. Like, you've got the game. What two, What score do you want at Chelsea and what score would you like at Forest? <laughs> what is this even a discussion? <laughs> you, need, you need to be scoring. If he if he can score six Great goals in those two games and win both games, he's tripled our goal amount of goals for the season. <laughs> you have to oh. give him the job. Fools might not thank me for this. Uh, yeah. Four year Four year deal. <laughs> tear, tear down the Neil Warnock statue outside the Jack Harris and um, get a statue up of Steve Davis. <laughs> the Steve Davis lounge. No, it's not going to happen, is it? But I bet, mate, I bet he's absolutely loving it. I bet he's relishing the opportunity. Like Dave said, Wolves fan as well. Must be his dream. I saw on LinkedIn um, his son. I think it's his son. Um, post saying my dad's been a Wolves fan all his life and he's dreamt of this moment so bless him wow. I hope he gets a result for obviously the club and and for of course himself um, but lads moving on to the bet mate pot for the weekend and I'm delighted to announce that it is a free game to enter so all you need to do is you use code TW3 that's T-W-F-R-E-E um, when you join a pot. So if you just go to the bottom of the app and click join, you can enter that code and you'll join the pot. It's completely free to enter and it's your chance to win a share of £50. Um, now, if you use our sign-up link in the description below, you'll receive a free £5 bet once you've uh, once you've had a cash bet on, on another pot. Um, but yeah, nice to have a free game. I think it's our first of the season, isn't it? Our first free pot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, always, they always do really well. They always do really well. And like I said, if you've not signed up before, now is your opportunity to have a little go. It's a free pot. Familiarise yourself with the app like Jaw did. And then after a few weeks, you'll be flying. Um, <laughs> but lads, let's talk through our teams. Now, I know you boys have gone um, Chelsea heavy. I know Jaw had as well, but... I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. I don't know what it is. Um, so I've gone with Jose Sarin goal. I've gone with Reese James, vice captain, and Thiago Silva. Um, Neves and Nunes, because I'm banking on Nunes playing, and then Captain Sterling and Kai Havertz. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're going to get something from the game. I, I, I really do. Even with the players we've had out, it's almost like a, a weird time to play Wolves, isn't it? As we've just spoke about. So I've got a feeling we we, we might nick something. I was going to have Kepper in goal, but um, it says that Mendy may still be injured, so I wasn't quite sure. But as with bet, mate, you've got until five minutes before kickoff to change your team. So I'm sure what's in the lineups, 
we will be doing that. But Dave, talk us through your winning team, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of if buts and maybe's in this in this uh, match this weekend. So it might be one that when the teams come out, there's a lot of chopping and changing. So I have gone with Sar in goal just because I was unsure about who would play in goal for Chelsea. Thiago Silva and Reese James at the back. I've gone Kovacic and Nunes in the middle with Aubameyang up front and, and alongside Sterling, um, just to try and prove Finn wrong really about his prediction at the start of the season. <laughs> what was his prediction again? Did Six, I say less than less? seven? I think it is. He, no, was it goals or goal involvements? Pretty sure it was goals. <laughs> I, he's, I still don't rate him, even if he gets like 12. how many has he got now? Couple, none, two or respect three. Respect him. Oh, the only respect. see, I, I have the theory with Man City with like well, now, like Harlan's showing him up. If you give someone chances, he'll do it. But then, like, Jesus is also playing really well, so that's sort of mm. it's not really going with my theory. But oh well, no, I, I like Stern, I think he's a cracking player. But Finn, see your team, mate. Uh, yeah, about that. I've uh, I've gone with George's usual tactic, which even he doesn't sound like he's <laughs> going with this week, which is worrying. Where you just go for the outsider and then hope that you're you're up there because no one else has. Um, so I've gone Saar. The only Chelsea player I've got is James. So I've got Saar, Kilman, James, Pedence, Nunes, and then uh, Costa and Traore up front, who we discussed earlier, currently flagged with warning signs. And we were discussing whether that's whether they're injured or uh, they're warning <laughs> why the hell are you picking them? Yeah, the um, bet might be <laughs> out there saying, are you, sure, are you sure you want to do this? What are you doing? But, you know, I, I saw flashes in that West Ham game, the cross, the header, you know, maybe replicate that again. But yeah, I haven't got much faith. But if the, it's a free hit, isn't it? This one, free pot. Um, so if the near impossible does happen, I think I'll be up there. Touch wood. Yeah, it's a, it's a free hit all around, mate. Free it for Wolves, free it for us. Exactly. I think it's time to get our put our knackers on the line, really. And talking of putting the knackers on the line, Jord, talk us for you too. But mine are well and truly shriveled up this week from <laughs> uh, so I've gone with Pepper and Goal slash Mendy. You know, mm-hmm. I think Mendy's probably gonna be fit, but we'll see. Um Reese James and Thiago Silva. Um Mason Mount vice captain with Mateus Nunes, Raheem Sterling captain with Kai Havertz as well up top. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like Havertz as well, mate. I think he's underrated. Mm. I've paid a lot of money for him, so how can you say underrated? But I think he's a very, very technical footballer. Um, yeah, so if you want to join, use code TW3. That's T-W-F-R-E-E for your chance to win a share of £50. Sign up using the link in our description if you haven't already signed up. And if you do stake a cash bet, you'll receive £5 in free bets. And of course, with all of that, please gamble aware. Right then, chaps, I think it's um, time to address the elephant in the room. It's what we've all wanted to talk about. I feel like what we've just spoken about has maybe shrank into insignificance. Um, But I'll start with you, Dave. Wolves announced on Saturday, was it? On Saturday that... Sunday, sorry, Sunday, that Bruno Lage has been sacked by the club. They thanked him for his efforts and all of his staff's efforts, but it was the right thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know we spoke just uh, around two weeks ago about it, and I know you know Jordan said at the time maybe three games, and I think I sort of agreed with that at the time. I said I wasn't that bothered either way. I think I was happy to give him more time, uh, but I understood why people were frustrated. But I think that game uh, on Saturday topped it off. Really made some very brave decisions, which completely backfired. Didn't work. 
Um, and it was probably the right time. You know, we were sort of going back. Uh, we were still in Bruges when the tweet from John Percy came out about him being under pressure. Um, and then obviously Sunday afternoon, we started to get all the tweets come through. I think it was CNN Portugal were first to announce that he'd been sacked, quickly followed on by a number of people. So, yeah, I, I think it was the right time. Part of me does feel for him a little bit. Like I've said before, I think he was quite unfortunate with the injury side of things. Um, had an out of form. Um, Raul Jimenez, a, a player like Fabio Silva, who wasn't ready. Kalajic, who was only available 45 minutes and barely been able to coach uh, Diego Costa as of yet. So I think that side of things he's been unfortunate with. But at the same time, his job is to win football matches and he's failed to do that enough. Um and yeah, that, that's the end of him. Uh, so I think it, it was the right time. Finn, it's it's nigh on impossible, isn't it, to come back from from articles such as John Percy's saying that Wolves are seriously considering position. The, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, that's all but sacked, isn't it? When when mm. those sorts of things start coming out, and then Neves dropping little hints in in post match and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it, it felt like as well, even with that Neves decision, it's like that the sort of one crazy thing a manager does before he gets sacked always does something weird in the final game and then when it doesn't come off like yeah it looks like a genius or it doesn't come off like it normally doesn't and then you, yeah you're pretty much gone um so it, yeah it just felt inevitable on the coach back everyone was like well when's it it's just uh if uh no when not, not if isn't it that's the one mm-hmm. uh when when not yeah that's better. yeah when not if yeah that's the one <laughs> yeah I, I i always think when a when a, a manager strips a captaincy off someone or gets rid of the captain, more so strips a captaincy, then it's almost the beginning of the end anyway. Um, I know we're not pinpointing it to Cody whatsoever, but, uh, you know, you look at all those decisions that have been made and, you know, what, I think that was the right one, but usually stuff like that, there's stuff like playing Nevets at centre-back, like, I don't know, stuff that maybe not be rational to people outside of walls. That's when it does start to, uh, to, to unwind. But, Jord, you... Called for his head a couple of weeks ago. I know when we asked Dave, he said in because you know he's been dealt an unlucky hand, and a lot of people say, "Well, Dave, you said he should stay, and now he's saying he should go." But <laughs> you know, you're you're always going to get that, and and you would. Mm. I don't think you were even diplomatic in your answer. You gave a very good reason as to why you think you should back him. But George, you you, you said it, didn't you? you? Said it a couple of weeks, two or three weeks ago. He's got to go. You happy? Yeah. yeah, well, I am happy now. Like I say. I, I still think I just found the bloke very vanilla and I didn't have any sort of, I didn't really dislike him, didn't necessarily like him. Um, but I mean, as we got sort of, we got sort of a message saying about Nevis playing centre half about 10 a.m. in the morning or wherever it was. And you're like, oh my God, like if he does this, I just thought you might as well load the gun and shoot himself in the head because like <laughs> it's not going to work. You almost, you are like, you know, if it doesn't come off, you've, 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 you've literally played yourself and, yeah, that team. It was a such a weird team decision. Like even the lineup. Like I think Samedo was like our most advanced player, and it just looked so lopsided. I couldn't work out what he was trying to do. And yeah, it was just it was like a madman, like dead man walking essentially. And um, yeah, it was it was inevitable after that result on, on on Saturday. You can't make decisions like that and get away with it. And I think Frozen, you know, and looking at it, going, you're literally dicking about with the best squad we've had <laughs> we spent 100 million quid and you're ruining this here <laughs> like literally <laughs> and um yeah he had to go for me he had to go mm. good looking saudi arabia or wherever he ends up i don't want to hear about him again like 
<laughs> you really don't like the guy, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, we were told a couple of weeks ago by reliable journalists who cover Wolves that uh, his position wasn't under threat. Nigh on six six minutes of him being sacked, the whole story's come out. There was dressing room unrest. There was too many meetings. There was falling out. Do you take that stuff with a pinch of salt? Because what we were being fed a couple of weeks before was none of this. I think everything, anything and everything. It was the same when uh, Nuno left. Mm. All of a sudden, all these stories came out about how the club were going to sack him after the West Brom game. I was like, well, hold on. Why is none of this being spoke about in, in January? So, um, yeah, I think you've got to. I think, you know, there is always going to be that sort of stuff. There are <laughs> going to be bust-ups. And that is probably sort of very confidential information the club don't want to release. Or, you know, or senior figures will say, well, I'll tell you this, but I, I don't want it released anyway, which is fair enough. But yeah. it is, it's typical that, you know, this thing happens and all of a sudden it, it comes out. I think some of it may well be true. Like we've not seen one message on social media from any any players, uh, which I'm not expecting, you know, them say, oh my God, I can't believe you're going all it, all that. So we even saw Connor Cody's sister take a little dig uh, at Bruno Large. Um, which I think is a little bit petty, but at the same time, it almost shows how much these sort of people sort of value Bruno uh, as a person. So, yeah, he's quite interesting. I wasn't a fan of that, man. I wasn't a fan. Mm. I know, you know, I'm not in their position and we don't know what's happened behind the scenes or what's happened with Connor and stuff, but I just think don't stoop to that level. Wasn't wasn't a fan of that at all. But Finn, Jordan and Dave, I'll, I'll ask you all, can you pinpoint the game or the decision where you thought this is the beginning of the end for the bloke now? Finn, I'll start with you, mate. No, maybe start. not beginning. Oh. Yeah. Well, people will obviously turn to that Leeds game where obviously then people take the run of, what was it, two wins in 17 or whatever it is since that crumble. And then I sort of look at that Brighton game where there was then the first rumours of unrest in the dressing room and bust-ups. I mean, you could tell and you know that, that Raul and Johnny haven't been haven't been a fan of him since then. You can tell the way that, that Raul had been playing as well, that, that, that there just wasn't that connection there. So maybe you could pinpoint that, but I wasn't by any means thinking at that point he's going to go next week. You just sort of, that's when you started to hear murmurs of this isn't all one team singing off the same hymn sheet like we'd had for years with, with Nuno. So maybe that Brighton game, but I don't know when more recently that I'd say, right, I, I think he's going to be gone now because it seems to all happen quite quickly, but maybe that Brighton game was a point where you start to, Realise things things aren't all rosy, maybe. Yeah, George, what about you, mate? I know a lot of people have pinpointed that Arsenal game. The Emirates is almost like the, the start of the yeah. snowball. But yeah, I thought those Arsenal game. I think the home game as well. I thought we were we were banging for at that point, especially the home game. And he sort of reverted to a bit of type of like what we did under Nuno. We were just a bit we just did we retreated a bit and was just a little bit negative in in that game and. For me, like I said, there's obviously the Brighton stuff, the Le- the Leeds game um, last season um, where we capitulated completely. But the one for me this season where I was actually seriously contemplating, actually, is he the right guy? Because I think there was a lot of reasoning for last season as to why. Mm. We've gone over that ground loads and loads, so we won't go back over it. It was that Bournemouth away game this season for me where you know yeah, yeah. they got nine by Liverpool. And we were just so passive. We were passive, you know, we had a lot of possession, but it was all for vanity. We didn't... We didn't hurt them in any way. And this is a team that conceded nine goals like three three days before. And we looked like we could have played for nine hours and not scored. It was just 
yeah, it was poor. And um, again, I think even that game, I think he didn't go over to the fans, did he? And then he came out telling the fans, oh, this is how you should feel. And at that, at that point, I was just like, no, nah, yeah. not for me, really. Dave, what can you pinpoint? What do you pinpoint as the, the beginning and the end for the bloke? Yeah, I think that the last season, I think in terms of what killed our season was obviously that Arsenal game, I would say, the group of Arsenal games and, and the Leeds game as well. We just lost all momentum, didn't we? Um, I think George hit the nail on the head, though, in regards to the Bournemouth game. We went into that game knowing if we went out and attacked him, they'd be really fragile um, and we, we could give it a good go. And we just played with a flat full 3-3 free, free, with no real intensity. Um, so, yeah, I think they're the games that he's got to be winning and he didn't win. And that's why he's, he's put himself in the, in this position. And I think the club know if it got any later this season without them making a change, they could, you know, they don't want to go into the World Cup looking like we could face off in a little bit of a relegation scrap next year. They want to make sure that by the World Cup break, we're still in a position where we can head towards mid-table or even, as mad as it sounds at the minute, a top-half finish come the end of the season. Still, I still, I still think it's doable under the right manager. But let's For talk. Sure, yeah. yeah, let's talk about the, the next manager. So there's been, there's been, there's been quite a lot of links already. Um, the, the ones that are the most concrete are Lopetegui, who's currently a severe manager, but probably not for long. Uh, Pedro Martins, who most re- recently managed Olympiacos, and Bo Svensson um, at is at FC Mainz in Germany. Other notable names who have been included, but links are fairly uh, fairly weak. Rafa Benitez, Steve Cooper, Eusebio uh, Di Francesco, Ange Postacoglu, who I'm a big fan of, Sergio Constancao, racing car driver Andre Villas-Boas, and sporting <laughs> manager Ruben Amorim. Um, Dave, it looks likely that Lopetegui is a front-runner. Um would you be happy with him? And what do you want to see from the next Wolves manager? Yeah, I think I'd be happy with him. I think... Um, You're warming to it, aren't you? You're warming to it. I'm warming. I was still unsure. Like I've said before, I'm sort of going back on myself a little bit because I remember the last few weeks we'd spoke about Brendan Rodgers and, and so on. And I said I was never that keen on sort of appointing a manager that was sort of almost struggling in their current job, which I think Lopetegui is. But if you actually sort of... Sit, you know, sit back and actually look at what he's done and achieved in it, it, such a short time in his career. You know, he was it, Wolves. Want, it, Wolves he was always going to end up at Wolves at some point in his career. We wanted him when Fosa first came in. You know, in the end, he didn't wait for us because he got the Spain job, very harshly sacked, I think, by Spain. Got the Real Madrid job, um, but at Sevilla, he's, he worked wonders. Even last year, he had a, a pretty poor end to the season, but he was up there. Um, you know, he's in the Champions League still. They were looking at, I think they were competing for the title um, in and around the new year still. Mm. Um, but this is a, it's almost a little bit like a Borussia Dortmund type setup where each summer they're getting their top players taken off. Of, you know, they lost uh, two of their best centre-halves this year. I think Jules Kunde and, and Carlos both left the club. They hadn't really replaced them. I so I think it's that sort well. of situation. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm warm to it. I think he's a guy that knows how to win football matches. Um, he he's playing a four-three-three sort of. As far as I've I've, I've looked into it, four-three-three possession, um, attacking. I'm going to say that sort of attacking because we thought Bruno Large would be attacking an attacking system. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I've warmed to him a lot more. Amarim, I think, would be my number one, one hundred percent choice, but I think that's very very unlikely. So, Lopetegui for me is is the most um, suitable person to take the job. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
it's not all but confirmed, but it looks like that's the that it looks like Lopetegui is a front runner. It looks like they're getting in another manager. Um, is you know, is I think it, it works well for all parties. I don't, I'm not sure whether Wolves would be giving Severe any compensation, unless they're just going to almost rip the contract up and, and let him go. But Finn is is he a manager that? Um, you would you would have at Molyneux or is there any names on that list that you you prefer over him? I know a lot of fans would prefer to have Ruben Amorim at Sporting, who's a very young and talented coach, but it's hard to prize away Amorim from, from Sporting, A, because it's going to cost a lot of money, mm. and B, because they're still in the Champions League. Um, but is there anyone else on there on that list who you think, yeah, get him down to Molyneux? Um, yeah, I agree with Dave on on Amarimi would be like the dream one. Um, a lot of these managers, I know with like Bo Svensson that we've been strongly linked to as well, uh, preferring the three at the back, ironically, after we basically just t- tore up any any way of us playing three at the back by selling most of our centre-halves. Mm. Um, so maybe ones like Svensson, Amarim would have been better to look at when, um, when Nuno was sacked, if you wanted to transition into a more attacking three at the back. So maybe not the right times so when you're looking more at Lopetegui. Not sure on Martins what he's mostly keen on, um, but I think four, it was two, a four three, at the one. back. Yeah, um, so that would have fit as well. I mean, I'm looking at the CV of Lopetegui, and I think, I mean, you, like Dave said, you always feel like he was he was going to come, and even when um, when we played them, and he was being so over the over the top nice about Wolves, like he didn't have to do that. You knew in the back of his mind, he's like, right, I'm, these are gonna these are gonna help me out one day. Um, so it does feel like he's the best choice. I just, I, I've, I'm sort of scarred now on inverted wingers that they like said Lopetegui really favours. I think Wolves' wingers are better on their, they're almost their outside foot. So that's the only thing that I'm seeing similar to Bruno's that I really haven't agreed with. You think Neto's better left-footed on the left, Adama's better right-footed on the right. But we have got players that can do it with Guedes and Pedence maybe better inverted. So um, that's the only doubt I've got, but for me, Lopetegui's probably the the clear favourite for me. I think did he was he manager when Neves was at Porto as well? I saw he was he gave Neves his debut. He gave Neves his debut. Yeah. So you've got play, like people like Martins, who's Pedence and Saar familiar with, but equally yeah, Lopetegui, you've got there's some there's faces. some great stories and quotes about Lopetegui and Neves, which obviously we can talk about another time. But obviously, if that mm. becomes more concrete, and more clear, we'll post a lot more about them. But there's some good there's some good yeah. insight on that as well. Mm. So I, I mean, Lopetegui nearly took the wool job before, didn't he, Dave? Um, pretty much all but signed before Nuno, um, and then. Ended up taking the Spain job, which you know, fair enough. It was before um, Zenga, Matt. Actually, well, was it before Zenga? Sorry, yeah, yeah. It was it, the the takeover. Yeah. First and takeover took a little bit longer than expected, and I suppose no, dis- oh, I'm not disrespecting Wolves, um, but if if you're waiting for a job in the English Championship or the national team manager of your country comes up, I think you know, especially in that national that team, game. Spain as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so, George, who who do you want as as the next manager? Obviously, we've we spoke about Lapategui. Um, but who who do you want and what do you want from that manager? So I think off that shortlist, I do want Lopetegui. Um, but the other one that really intrigues me is um, Postacoglu from Celtic, like you said as well. I just think it'd be a real left-field choice. And there's a lot of snobbery about Scottish football. And some of it's fair, some of it's a bit unjust, I think, in terms of recent times. I feel like he went to Celtic where Rangers had really taken... The, the front foot of, of Scottish football. Gerard had done a, a good job of that and Van Bronckhorst continued that on. And he came in um, and he's 
completely one eighted it really, really quickly. And this is against a Rangers team that, uh, you know, Euro, well, Europa League finalists last year. You know, you set up a team at Celtic that beat them 4 0 in the league of the week. They're doing okay in the Champions League. Like, I just really like what I see of them. I'm not like a big, you know, I'm not an avid Scottish football follower or anything daft like that, but I just I just like him how he comes across in press conference, says he's a very aggressive manager. And that's what I want to see from this Wolves team. And like you say, from a manager coming in, whoever that is, I just want to see the shackles off a little bit. We've got a really talented squad on paper. And I do think there's another question and argument to that as to actually whether this Wolf squad is as good as what we we all perceive. That's probably for another podcast. But we do, you know, a lot of Wolves fans are in agreement that this Wolf squad is the best we've ever had in our lifetimes for sure. We should be doing a lot better. And I just want to see a manager come in, unleash the shackles, and let's see if the players can actually prove what us fans think that they are the best squad we've had in 30-odd, 40 years. And uh, that's the challenge for the next manager coming in for me. I just want to go back to Molyneux, enjoy it. Um, hopefully the atmosphere comes back as well. And that will happen with a more aggressive style of football. So I think Lopetegui can be that man as well. And like I say, there's a few clamours, and I've seen some social media stuff about Lopetegui from Wolves saying, oh, look where Sevilla are in the league. But this like Dave's hit the nail on the head. This is a Sevilla league that have been ripped apart from what, you know, he's lost his two centre-halves, he lost to Campos, like, the playing Rafa Murr up front, like, we saw what Rafa Murr was like at Wolves, and he's doing it in the league, and in the Champions League. So, look, like, you know, Rafa Murr, I say in jest, he's a better player than what we saw, of course he is, but it isn't, that he's not had the tools that he's had in previous seasons, so I think actually with the squad we've got, I'm intrigued to see it, and hopefully it's Lopetegui, and hopefully he's announced before we play Chelsea, so he's at least at Stamford Bridge for the game. Yeah, I mean, when he was at um, Madrid and similar to Sevilla, now they almost play in, in attack, it's a four. Like one of the midfielders joins in the attack, massively reliant on wing-backs too, or, or attacking full-backs, and you'd have Neves at the base. He had that with um, Tony Cruz too. Um, so I think the players are there for him to try and almost deploy the way he'd want to play. But as we've seen with Large, though, Dave, there's absolutely no guarantees that they're going to come in and play how they've played before. As as we've been told about 147 times, we were promised 4-4-2 attacking football by Large, which we weren't. Um, but do, do you think, Dave, it's, it's important for whoever the next manager to come in, having had Bruno, to have a real connection with the fans from the get-go? Yeah, but like, like I said it before, it's so the only, the only real way... To get the connection is by winning football matches. You know, you could be like, we saw that with Zenga. You know, he tried, I think he was quite a charismatic guy and he made us all laugh straight away when he said Wolves were the biggest club in Italy. Um, and then we got the sort of, you know, the fist punches and stuff. And we sort of almost got behind him a little bit. But then when he left, we sort of all realized how crap he was as a manager. Nuno was the same, but Nuno won football matches. Um, Bruno never had the opportunity to 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 win matches. Well, he had the opportunity to win matches, but never had the opportunity to gain a connection with the fans because he just he, he just wants a very good football. Um, so I think they've got to get off to a good foot by winning football matches, playing or trying to play some sort of brand of attractive <laughs> football, and and it'll all be all right, you know. But you know, fans fans will create an atmosphere. Fans will fight for the team if they know it looks like the players are giving 110%, which is the job of the manager to get out of the players. 
Looks like a decision is going to be made after the Chelsea game, though, doesn't it, Dave? You still, do you think maybe that the manager will be at the game on Saturday, whoever it is? Potentially. I mean, if it's Lopetegui, they're saying that he's going to manage severe on Wednesday, and then it's as mad as it sounds, he's going to be sacked on on Thursday. So, if if he's happy to move quickly, it could well be announced uh, by Friday, uh, or obviously be announced on Monday, and he could be there on uh, on Saturday at the game. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of whispers at the moment, not not by hugely reputable sources that there is some sort of agreement in place, but obviously we'll have to wait and see. I just want them to have, I, I'd hate for it to get to like Wednesday of next week and it's not been decided. I think, mm. um, yeah, get it sorted, get almost a full week of training before that Forest game because we know that is an extremely winnable match. And Lopetegui would be, and in most recent years and you know, especially my time as a Wolves fan, the most decorated manager ever to be appointed by Wolves. He's won a European competition. Um, so it can't all be bad. He must not He must know his stuff. I get your point, Dave, about bringing in a manager who's bang out of form, but yeah. perhaps a change of scenery, perhaps swapping south of Spain for Staffordshire. Um, may, mm-hmm. may just put that spring back any step. I know it wouldn't me, um, but <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see who it is. This show is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs across the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game for Wolves. Yeah, and if you download the Green King season ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks one hour before, during and after any match. That's right, Dave. So if you head to the App Store and search Season Ticket to download the app, our listeners of the show will also be able to get an additional £5 off drinks when spending £15 or more while using code TALKINGWALLS. Green King, it's where the fans go and it's your home of pub sport. Cool. So now it's time for some questions from uh, Twitter. So thanks for those who sent those in today. There's some really good questions. A lot about Lopetegui and other managers. Hopefully we've, um, we've, we've kind of summed up in our previous segment. Um, but Dan has asked, seen a lot of coaches being named as possibilities that seem to prefer back three systems. Do you think we could transfer back to that? Do you think our fan base would accept that, Dave? I think it's acceptable. I think there's a way to play a back three system. It's just that we saw under Nuno and for most part under Bruno, it was just a boring, a boring uh, back five. I mean, there's a way to play it. Uh, we've seen some, you know, Brighton have had success with it so far this season. You know, some bigger clubs tend to go for it as well. So, yeah, I think that, I don't think you could be against it. You know, you want to back a new manager when they when they come in. But yeah, there are there are good ways to play back three, attractive ways to play back three, so, as we saw under Nuno for sort of two three years. George, would you be happy with a back three if it was more attacking? Do we have the centre half to play a back three? We don't have we don't have the centre halves now at the moment. I, I mean, you know, fans can say um, a back three is boring or whatever, but there's a lot of great football teams that play back threes and play it very very well. Um, and it's all about intent for me. We've been playing a boring back four all season, let alone a back mm. three. So you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all about intent uh, and how you want to attack, take on a football. You know, how you want to play your football. And yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we've got the resources right now to play a back three. Um, if if whoever comes in wants to play back three in the future, we're gonna to have to buy a couple of centre halves. Um, that's fine with me. It's all about intent, and let's be honest, it's all about winning games at the moment with where we are in the league as well. George, I know you said on um, the fans react when Bruno went that you want a team, you want a manager to come in that's gonna have more walls as more of an aggressive pressing side. But do you, do you honestly think the players we've we've got the players to do that because I don't. Um. 
I think they've got the players to be a very, very good counter-attacking side or a very good side in transition. You know yeah, I still feel I feel pretty paceless through the spine of the team, being truthful. Um, probably haven't got all the tools there to do it, but it's a work in progress for whoever comes in. I, I hope it's a long-term project. And if it is Lopetegui, I hope that, again, because that's been the man that Fosen have always wanted, that he's going to get all the time in the world to build what he wants. But I do feel now you've got... Um, Bubakar, Troyore, Nunes is no slouch. Collins and Kilman are good. Like, you almost, as long as you get a bit of pace in and around your spine of your team, you can play it in a certain way. Um, even, you know, even if he's playing at five, ten yards further up the pitch, it doesn't mean you have to press all the way to the, their goalkeeper. Just play further up the pitch a little bit. And we've got the pace at the back to be able to play a, a slightly higher line, if you ask me. So, yeah, it's just, mm. again, it's all about intent and. Like I say, that aggressive, I, I like to see aggressive front foot football and that's because I haven't seen it at Wolves for many years and I think that is what everyone wants to see. We need some excitement and uh, I'd love to see it. Finn, Maggie has asked, if we get Lobotegi, do you think it would be more likely to attract top players and also keep the likes of Neves and Nunes? Um, with keeping players, I think that's probably wishful thinking. I think Neves is playing is basically booked for next summer or January or whatever anyway from, from what we're led to believe with Barcelona and stuff. So I don't hold out much hope with that. But possibly, as you say, he'd, he'd be our most decorated um, coach and he seemed to be well-liked at most places he's been. Obviously, the Spain one was a bit weird how it all ended because of the Real Madrid job and obviously then the Real Madrid job didn't go too well. But as in at Sevilla, if there's any handy players there... It's, They've probably sold all their good ones, haven't they? Now, hence the position that he's in. Um, so there's not really any contacts we can tap up there. But yeah, equally that we we've got such a a good squad at the moment that we've like you said we've had so many links with managers. I think that's also been managers linking themselves almost because it's a great opportunity. But also, yeah, Lopetegui's probably on that level where we could even improve the players that we've got now. So yeah, I like that. Just maybe not if, if they're stuck in the Mendes cycle, players like Nunes, we know are going to leave Neves. I don't think he's going to be able to stop that really. I think that's all predetermined, sadly. Dave, do you think he's going to have much influence on keeping the likes of Neves, Nunes? I think Neves, like we've said earlier, you know, he's, he's the man that basically started his, his professional football career. So I think Neves is always going to have that respect for him and if things yeah. start well between now and November who, who's to say that Neves won't sign a deal I think we're all hoping that the deal would be done by now um, but who's to say he won't sign a deal come come January and, and sort of end a lot of the, the murmurs um, oh look Lopetegui is uh, is a Mendes client he's probably one of Mendes's top managerial clients so he's he's not going to want. I mean, we're talking as if he's the current Wolves manager. That's what it looks like at the moment. But he's he's the man that I think you know he won't take no shit. Basically, I think I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, let let's see. I think it's crucial that he starts off well though, uh, to mm. to sort of secure the long term futures of players like Neves. George Adam has asked, "What are your thoughts on?" Well, not asked you, but I'm going to come to you. Um, thoughts on none of the players releasing anything about Bruno on social media. Says it all, doesn't it? I think, and I know maybe it, it might be a little bit of two and two equals four, and people making uh, making a story out of it. But I mean, when Nuno left, the, I think the pretty much most players said something, most fans said something, the press said nice things. It just seems like the Bruno Bruno leaving was inevitable, and um, 
yeah, like I do think I do think there's something behind it. Um, it's, it's hard to know exactly what's going on, but I, I think that you would have already seen these social media posts if there were going to be any. I don't think it's going to happen now. I don't think you get a Ruben Neves one on the coach down to Chelsea at two pm saying thanks for everything, Mister, hmm. or anything daft like that. I think it's <laughs> gone. I think it's done. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, it's um, he probably was a bit of a prick and not well liked. So, like I say, you can enjoy his uh, twelve months in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Dave, what do you make of it? No players at all posting, or not from what we've seen. I think people, players will probably know. They've probably been advised not to because I think people know that it was so toxic around him at, at the time that the players will probably get stick for it as well. Um, with Nuno, he was very... I, I know he hadn't had a great time and people wanted people wanted him to go, but even the people that wanted him to go <laughs> still respected him for what he did. I don't think Bruno Large had much respect by any Wolves fan, if I'm completely honest. Finn, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, he doesn't seem like an awful bloke. Like, I don't think they all hated him. I just think his career is sort of going to pan out that he's a good coach, but just lacks that that man management side. And that's maybe where there's been the friction. Yeah, I don't by any means think that everyone hated his guts or whatever, but there's clearly been falling outs. And even with what Ruddy said to said to Talking Wolves and stuff, there was hints of that there. So maybe that's why... Um, but no, yeah, I mean, 16 months, it's not as if it's like a big emotional goodbye. And I do like, I wish him well, if it is in Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's a mix of everything we've said. I don't think he gets another Premier League job unless he goes somewhere else and has a madness. Mm. He won't immediately manage you, no. So no. my last podcast, you won't get a gig at Soccer Aid. I still didn't stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine it'd be much of a pull. Well, <laughs> He went chunks as captain. <laughs> no, no. Um, finally, Carl has asked, why, why don't we do the podcast as a live stream? Um, probably because sometimes we're tasting things that we don't mean. And we have to uh, we have to cut them out. That's probably why. <laughs> I think one live stream, uh, well, two live streams a season is probably enough in it, Dave. Oh, we got a lot of stick after our last live stream and we've been demanded to do live apologies. So, yeah, it's yeah. probably not a good idea that we do a live podcast every week, to be honest. Yeah, especially because we normally record them about eight, half eight, and after a, a long day's graft at work for Jordan, Dave, and I, um, it's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. It's an easy dig. Um, it's sometimes things do slip the tongue, um, but yeah, that, that that's why we don't do it. Um, I think that's a, a lovely place to leave it there, chaps. Um, looks like it's going to be a lot to lot to come in the next week or so. We'll be back. Um, next Monday or slash Tuesday with the podcast anyway. Um, get them back up and running again. Now there's actually stuff to talk about and boy, has there been stuff to talk about. But mm. Dave, where can people find you? Should they wish to follow you, mate? Yeah, it's Dave as a party on Twitter and Instagram. Public or private? Uh, every week, public still. You I can see that. my... I don't think I've uploaded any Belgian pictures yet, but I'm sure I will. Yeah. Finn, where can people find you, mate? Should they wish to follow you? Finn is F-I-N-E-R-R-Z, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, not much going on at the moment, but hopefully we can score a few goals now and it'll start to be uh, entertaining. Did you do a vlog from Saturday? Filmed one, yeah. Debated going on the slide. You know the big slide outside, I thought. Like, yeah, the big half time. Yeah. A, a better video. Um, if we just left at half-time, had a quick slide, or even like a TikTok or whatever going to that, but no, it was closed by half-time, so... That would have been an entertaining video, but sadly not. No, even a Costa goal would have been nice, but no, nothing but positive for the future. But now, 
Positive, positive. Jord, where can people find you? Should they wish, mate? Um, so Jord was seven on Twitter and Instagram. And I feel like LinkedIn always gets neglected here. Neglected. So, Did he do right here? Jordan Russell on LinkedIn. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all on LinkedIn. We're all on LinkedIn. Jordan Jordan loves a, a LinkedIn post. A bit of a humble brag. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a great week speaking to clients. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like um, state of LinkedIn or Warrior on Twitter. <laughs> it's horrendous, isn't it? You have to play the game, though. It's yeah. Jordan is a proper LinkedIn helmet, aren't you, mate? You're a seasoned pro. <laughs> Loves it. You wait until we do the Molyneux sleep oh, out. God, we can. Oh, so I can't have virtue signaling all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> we are actually doing the Molyneux sleep out though. So if anyone fancies donating, I'm sure. Have we got a link sorted yet, Dave? Link's not sorted yet, but yeah, keep your eye out for that on our socials. Any donation <laughs> is very much appreciated. George, uh, George isn't doing it because he said charity starts at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. You are right there, Matt, actually. But no, I'm going out to Antigua. So uh, I'll, I'll, don- I'll donate some uh, US dollars to you. He flying out to Antigua with a donation, wouldn't he? So yeah. <laughs> I think it says, it says a lot about you, mate, as a person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't forget the BetMate game at the weekend. TW Free, TWFREE to join. It's a private part and it's your chance to win a share of £50. Of course, be gamble aware. We are talking walls across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. I know we've neglected LinkedIn, but if anyone wants to give Talking Walls a follow on LinkedIn, they'd be much appreciated. If you're new here, don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment and a like. And until next time, well, also let us know you want to be the manager in the comment section down below because it'd be interesting to see what you guys think. If anyone says no, no, please don't bother. Um, <laughs> so I've, had, I've had a few of those today. No disrespect to the bloke, but come on. Come on, let's not do that. But until next time, guys, take care.